This is a spoiler warning, you insignificant worms. So take heed, for I am Baalzaman, heart of the dark. The lowly mortal who creates this content has read the series cover to cover, book to book, many, many times. He will be discussing everything he can think of, irrelevant, relevant, regardless. So... Take heed of my warning. If you have not read the series all the way through and spoil something for yourself, well, who is to blame, listener? Not I. Not I. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Gleeman Radio, your daily dose for the Wheel of Time. <laughs> Good morning. Well, it's morning for me while I'm recording this, so whatever. I'm still trying to consume caffeine and keep my eyes from glazing over. Uh, uh, I hope you guys are excited as I am for episode 8 of the Return to the Wheel of Time podcast as we discuss the Eye of the Worlds, chapter 7, Out of the Woods. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to be Rand finally getting his father into town and things not quite working out the way he hoped they would. Uh, yeah, Nynaeve's not going to be as helpful as he is he expected her to be, uh, and it's going to hurt his feelings, it's going to make him kind of upset, and then Egwene's going to be all, I'm going to go with Nynaeve, because she's more important than our supposed relationship, um, which, again, I'm, I'm nitpicking, but y yeah, she really should help. Um, again, we haven't even gotten into the chapter yet, so why am I discussing things that happened in the chapter, and I haven't even read the chapter yet, so uh, nah. Previously, <laughs> on the Wheel of Time, Rand was bandaging up his father and uh, having the horrifying journey of trying to quietly, but somewhat quickly, transport him to the village to be helped. He is not doing well after getting cut with that trollic blade. We know why, but Rand doesn't. He's horribly afraid, horribly confused. He'd seen his father uh, rinse off a wound worse than this and get back to work. Uh, meanwhile, he's terrified at seeing a murderall. He doesn't know it's a murderall, but we do, on the roads of the Quarry Road, along with 20 Trollocs walking in steps, so we know that this murderall has connection to those Trollocs. So if someone just kills that murderall, there'll be 20 less Trollocs here. Come on, let's just, come on, land, where are you? Um, and finally, Rand's world, his very foundation of understanding, is rocked to its core as Tam in his fever dream discusses the Aeel without naming them and how he found a child blue with the cold next to his dead mother, kind of sad, but Tam took him to a good home. We all know that. So yeah, I think that's... That's it. Rand found out he's adopted, and he's kind of in denial about it, you know? But he knows, because he couldn't finish the sentence, He's my father, and he ends the chapter with, Who am I? So we all know he's in denial. Uh, not that he doesn't know. And he's going to be in denial for the next how many books? How many? How many books? Is he going to keep going on with the Tam is his father thing? Uh, I know it's still into book two. Is it book three as well? Huh? Four, huh? Is it gonna go all the way to Cab's way and bringing him to the Stone of Tear? No, my father! I... It's been a while. I mean, I have read these books a million times, but the little details are, is, are what makes the rereads fun. So, I'm gonna stop rambling, and we're just gonna get right into the chapter, because this one is like twice as long as the last one. So let's have some fun and do that now.
And I Sedai in Emmons Field. And Master Lan is a warder. And I Sedai? Rand whispered. She can't be. I talked to her. She isn't. She doesn't. Did you think they wore signs? The mayor said wryly. I Sedai painted across their backs, and maybe danger stay away? Suddenly he slapped his forehead. I Sedai. I'm an old fool and losing my wits. There's a chance, Rand, if you're willing to take it. I can't tell you to do it, and I don't know if I'd have the nerve if it were me. A chance? Rand said. I'll take any chance if it'll help. I Sedai can heal, Rand. Burn me, lad, you've heard the stories. They can cure where medicines fail. Gleeman, you should have remembered that better than I. Gleeman's tales are full of Aes Sedai. Alright, you know, I was hoping this was going to be the chapter that Tam was finally out of the woods, you know? Like, he, he was healed by Moraine. But no, this is the chapter where Rand and Tam are out of the woods, as in they finally made it to town. And they're going to learn what happened to Emmons Field during Winter Night, during that Trolloc attack. Uh, so the chapter begins with Rand still dragging his father through the trees. Uh, and he's noticed that gray early dawn light is starting to come out. And he's actually a little shocked by this. He's like, holy crap, I've been walking all night? I mean, on the quarry road, this not would not have taken so long. But trying to drag this litter through the overbrush and all these holes and all the woods, it, it's just, it slowed his progress so much. And at this point, Tam has stopped muttering in his fever dream. And uh, this, of course, worries Rand a lot. But he doesn't have the strength left to stop and check on his father anymore. Because he's so damn exhausted that if he does stop, he's worried he won't have the strength to push on and start moving again. And this is very understandable. Remember, he has not eaten since Chapter 2 when Mr. Salvier said they could have some honey cakes. And that was practically a snack, man. So since then, he has walked all the way home. He has done a crap ton of chores. He has run away from Trollocs. He's run back to the house. He's accidentally killed a Trolloc. He's run back. He's made a litter. He's dragged that mofo all the way, almost to the two rivers. And if he stops now, that's it. That'll be it. Over. He, he won't be able to get back up again. He, he, he needs to keep moving. And right now, the village is his only hope. So he's making his way closer, and finally he gets a bit of relief when he smells smoke. And he's like, oh, God, thank God. Oh, finally, I can smell the wood smoke from their fires. Oh, this is going to be great. He can go in. He can make sure his dad is looked at by Nynaeve. He can get something to eat from Mistress Alvir. This, this is going to be... Wait, why is I, why am I smelling way too much smoke? So Rand's trying to ignore this just a little bit, you know, because he's getting closer. So he's about ready to shout for help. He doesn't care who it is. I mean, send Bowie, the Coplins, the Congers anybody he sees anybody he's gonna finally get help for his father but the smoke is just getting stronger and he's his hope is starting to turn to despair and he finally breaks through the last trees and if you remember the last trees of the woods of the west woods 
uh, leads into, like, 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 the last few trees are kind of, like, between the first houses of Emmons Field. And he walks in, and he just kind of goes to a complete stop, looking around him in horror. Because, like, half the damn village is burned down. You know, it's kind of sporadic. You might have three houses, four houses burned down here together, and a whole stretch of, like, seven being just fine. But on the other side of the street, there'll be, like, four houses on either side burned down and one in the middle still fine. And, I mean, just... It's awful, and he's looking around, and there's all these villagers kind of poking through the debris, trying to salvage anything they can, looking a little forlorn, and just as unhappy and perhaps as exhausted as Rand. And he gets in there, and he's, he's not quite sure what to do. He sees the Beltine fires burning in the distance, but doesn't quite know, like, you know, what they're doing over there. He doesn't know that that's where they're disposing of the Trollocs. And this is when Harl Luhan shows up, which is great. Luhan sees Rand and just runs right up to help. Trollocs, boy, here too, here too. And, you know, the blacksmith, like, sees over it. He goes, Egwene, help us out here. Go get Nynaeve. Go get Nynaeve now. Or, or no, no, it wasn't go get Nynaeve. It was, Egwene, bring us to Nynaeve. And in, uh, in, in Rand's shocked stupor, he notices some odd details. That's kind of how it is when you're in shock. You know, he's he's seeing Egwene covered in soot and dirty, and her buttons on the back of her dress are crooked and awkwardly done, yet her dress uh, sleeves are up to her elbows, and her hands and arms are clean. And he just can't, can't wrap his head around it. To him, it's like, well, why is she so dirty except her hands? What's... How what's going on? And that's kind of how it is when you're in shock and when you're exhausted and when you your brain is pretty much struggling to get, you know, anything accomplished. You're so tired and so just out of it. So he can't really, he, he, he's, as, he's as mystified as I am because I'm just rambling about nothing now. Um... Egwene is super happy to see Rand. She kind of like claps her hand over her mouth. Oh, Rand, thank God you're okay. Oh, oh, and your father, is he hurt? Oh, no. So, yeah, she runs off. Oh, not runs off. She starts leading them off. That's what it is. Again, I, not, she's not fetching Nynaeve. She's bringing them to them. Uh, L Luhan comes in from behind and lifts up the... Um, back of the litter to give Rand some help, and he kind of very gently kind of nudges Rand forward, which is great. Uh, I love how he's immediately is getting taken care of once he shows in by people he trusts, you know? So Egwene leads them as quickly as she can to Nynaeve. Rand ho hopes she moves a little bit quicker, but then he kind of realizes, oh, she's moving as fast as we're able to move, <laughs> which, which to me was funny. Uh, while they're, uh, they go up to this one house, I don't remember who owns it, because we don't really hear their name very much, but basically some of the people who still have houses are using them to, you know, give people who don't have houses and are injured a place to rest, and they're kind of spreading them out, because Nynaeve says she doesn't want too many sick people in one spot, because it'll be harder for them to get better. I mean, maybe if it was a sickness and not being wounded by, you know, Trollocs, but whatever, Nynaeve. Whatever. So while Egwene's, while, while I was about to say Egwene, I was trying to say Egwene and Rand at the same time. That's weird. Um, <laughs> uh, Egwene leads them. Rand notices that two houses are burned down sp specifically. 
uh, one of the Thane's houses, uh, the brother of the Miller, and Matt's house are burned down. These are, like, on either side of the one house they just stopped in front of. And, you know, he's a little concerned because, uh, you know, is Matt okay? And Luan's like, yeah, Matt's fine. I saw him a little while ago. Uh, we're honestly lucky that we're as fine as we were. Uh, they, they went after, you know, certain houses, but left other houses. It was weird. And, you know, Luan's like, it's crazy how they, they came at my forge and home like it was filled with gold and jewels. Um, that is until his wife cracked one of the Trollocs skull with a frying pan. And that now, that, you know, at this point in time, right now, she, after looking at the ruins of her house, she just yanked out the biggest hammer she could find in his forge. <laughs> and she's kind of marching around the village, hoping that the Trollocs kind of, a couple Trollocs hid rather than ran away. And Luan's just like, I really feel bad for a Trolloc if she finds him. I mean, like, that's just, that's going to be too bad for him. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that to me is a good anecdote. You know, can you imagine Alsbet Luhan, right? I mean, remember, she's described as practically as big and as strong as her husband, but with a bigger temper. I just, I honestly hope she finds one. But, you know, regardless, she'll get her own battle time in book four. Um, <laughs> she wants more Trollic blood. Alsbet has a taste for Trollic blood. <laughs> uh... Some of the villagers with houses left standing are sheltering injured without homes left. I already discussed that. Uh, we get another, you know, we, we several times in this chapter, we're going to have Rand just never, never letting it go. He's my father. There was the fever talking. He's my father. It, it keeps happening. So, uh, you know, this is when we get to, um, where am I? Okay, okay. I am so sorry, people. Um, it's kind of funny because everybody who's read this series knows Moraine's catchphrase, right? It's the wheel wills as the, the the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. That is Moraine's catchphrase, right? But funny enough, you know who the first person to say it is? Say it in the damn series? That that is Master Luhan. I don't even know why. I think he must have heard Moraine say it to someone else or something. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like something Master Luhan would have said. I, I don't know. Master Luhan's always kind of been that, like, wise, you know, bigger dude. So maybe I just... I, it's Moraine's catchphrase and Master Luhan says it first? I don't remember her saying anything about it when she meets them in Strangers. I would have commented on it. I commented on the first Bloody Ashes. I commented, you know. So it's just, it's weird that Luhan says it first. It's weird. Um, so Rand's kind of sitting there going, uh, he's in a stupor. They're waiting for Nynaeve. And he's like, what if they come back? Uh, and they're like, well, well, we'll have to deal with it when it comes. We'll make it through. We always have, says Luhan. Don't worry, lad. The wisdom will take care of your father. And the light will take care of us all. And if the light doesn't, well, we'll just take care of ourselves. Remember, we're two rivers folk. I, again, love that. It's like the, it's like back to the beginning of chapter one, 
when they get into town. And they're talking about how bad the crops are and how bad the weather is and how bad the wolves and bears are. And they're like, well, we'll take care of light willing. And if the light doesn't will it, we'll take care anyways. They brought it back and they brought it back in context. I like it. I really do. So, yeah. Uh, Rand's looking around the village in kind of a new light. His, his, his depression and fear is fading a little bit. All he has to do is wait for Nynaeve and everything will be okay. And hearing Master Luhan's words, he's looking around the village with kind of a newfound sight. You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, the people are a little bit more lively. There's a bit more determination. They're moving a little bit quicker as they start to gather their things and start planning on rebuilding. You can see it. They have a sense of purpose. And that's just because Taishar Manetherin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you, 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 can't, you can't hold down two rivers folk. You can't do it. Um, so Nynaeve and Egwene appear from the house. And the wisdom plops down next to Tam, not even looking at Rand. This isn't this isn't rude. She's just going straight to her patient. She knows what's going on. She feels his face. She thumbs open his eyelids and lifts the bandage to check the wound and kind of grimaces. And with a sigh, she just smooths the blankets gently back over Tam and sighs and gets up and says, Sorry, Rand. There's nothing I can do. And, 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 of course, Rand is nonplussed. He's like, well, you're the wisdom. You know, he can't understand. He pulls her around. He actually chases her down and grabs her by the arm and yanks her around. And he's like, he's dying. I, you know, and she's like, I know. I know. And he's like, you have to do something. You have to. And she's like, I, I would, Rand, if I could. But I can't. I know what I can do with my medicines and what I cannot. There's more people that need my help. People I can help. I'm so sorry, Rand. And then she walks off and leaves. And I think this also proves how much Nynaeve actually likes Rand. Because can you imagine what would have happened if, like, Sen Bui grabbed her by the arm and turned him around? He'd be fat on the floor, wouldn't he? Nynaeve would have knocked his ass out, but it's Rand, so she's being very gentle. It's all right, buddy. I know this sucks. I, I do understand. She does appear sad, you know? To her credit, she does look pained. That she can't help Rand. I, I don't know. She's watched him grow up. Of course she's going to be a little bit better to Rand than, you know, other people. But I just, I do like that. Uh, others, people I can help, people I can't. And Rand's just like, I, I brought you to, I brought him to you as quick as I could. I really tried. I brought him as quick as I could. And she agrees. And she's comforting him for a moment. She's like, I know you did. You did the best anyone could have, Rand. And that's all that we can ask of you. And then she has to go off to help other people. She has to. That's her job. This is her responsibility. And Nynaeve has always been about helping when she could. Yes, she gets her attitude and anger problems out of the way. But whenever there's someone hurt in front of her, that's the first thing she deals with. And I love that about her. Uh, so she runs off. But before uh, Gwaine follows her, she kind of barrels in and tackles Rand, almost knocking him over. You know, he's so exhausted. And she gives him that big, tight hug. And, you know, I'm so sorry, Rand. I'm sorry we couldn't help your father. I, I, and, you know, Rand needs that comfort. He puts his arms back around her, and he's like, I know, thank you. Um, but then Nynaeve starts calling for her. Egwene, Egwene, I need you. Egwene, wash your hands again. 
uh, and kind of with a sob, she kind of pushes away from Rand and runs after Nynaeve. You know, she does care for him. Uh, but I just, I just, they were not meant to be. Like, if they'd never left Emmonsfield, they probably would have had the typical Emmonsfield marriage. I, I you know, but uh, the moment they leave Emmonsfield, they, they just shouldn't have been together anymore. That's my opinion. I'm glad they didn't work out because they are just, this is like one of the few tender moments. It's like out of every 10 Rand and Egwene moments, three of them are good. And the rest are just miscommunication, arguing with each other. It's just awful. So Rand's just basically standing here, like, broken and confused and just awful. Like, his last hope was taken from him. And it's around this time that one of Master Alvir's Durin Stallions comes by, hauling a Trolloc corpse. And he's like, the mayor, the mayor will know what to do. He's reaching, obviously. But it makes total sense. In this situation, rationality is very difficult. You know, his greatest hope to help his father failed. Now he has to move on to the next great thing. The mayor. The mayor always has answers. The mayor will know what to do. So he picks up the... the uh, lift? The litter? <laughs> I couldn't even call it. The litter again and starts heading towards the wine spring end. And this is where you kind of get, like, it's, the Two Rivers folk are great, right? Apart from the Congers and the Coplins, the Two Rivers folk are awesome. Because as he's moving along towards the Winespring Inn, like, all these people are stopping what they're doing at their houses and walking up to him and walking alongside him and trying to question, are you okay? Is Tam okay? Is Nynaeve looked at, either of you? Is, you know, and, and Rand's just answering without even thinking about it. Everything's under control. I got this. I'm going to the mayor, you know? And, you know, they're all like, maybe we should send Nynaeve to him, and they're going on. But everybody checks on him, and I like that. At least most of the people he passes. So he finally makes it to the Wine Spring Inn, which is mostly left untouched, you know, like all these buildings are burned down, and the Wine Spring Inn is only kind of slightly scorched, which is kind of cool. I guess it's because uh, the bottom level of the Wine Spring Inn is stone, right? And then the, the second floor is wood, so it would actually be harder for that one to catch fire unless they're throwing like a torch into the upper window there. Um... And I bet the Wine Spring Inn was actually kind of being protected by like land or uh, by land or moraine because they kind of ran out of there to fight, which is probably why it is the least ruined here. Uh, the Wine Spring Inn left mostly untouched, <laughs> but Padon's Vein wagon is still like sitting in front of it, and it's burned completely. <laughs> yeah, take that, get SOB. You deserve it, Padon Fane. You deserve it. I hope there were coins in your in your damn wagon that burned into little puddles of metal that are all like attached to each other so you can never use them again. I hate Padon Fane and I'm so happy all of this crap got burned because you know that was not in the plan. He's like Freaking! I, I brought the Trollocs here and they burned my shit? Are you kidding me? But you deserved it, Pot on Fane. You deserved it. So, uh, yeah. Tom's sitting on, like, the porch. I don't know. They said stone foundation. So maybe it's, like, the stone porch of the wine spring in. And he's got a little bit of scissors out. And he's clipping all the singed end... Singed end... Uh, I can't even... Singed, singed edges off his... Uh, 
uh, Gleeman's Cloak, because, you know, Gleeman's Cloak, I'm so sorry, everyone, I don't know what happened, I'd been talking for an extra, like, five minutes before I realized it had stopped recording, I, well, what happened, I don't know, uh, anyways, so, Tom is repairing his Gleeman's Cloak is where I, you know, where, where it stopped recording, uh, yeah, because a Gleeman's Cloak is kind of the symbol of office, is what I was going to say, you know, the Aes Sedai have their shawls, the, uh, rulers have their crowns, and the Amerlin has her stole, and the Gleemans have their cloak. So, Tom has to make sure that thing's in perfect repair, because that is his pride and joy. Remember, once a court bard, now he has risen to the exalted post of Master Gleeman. So, yeah, has to maintain that. Uh, and what I love about Tom is he did not hesitate. He jumps down from that stone porch without hesitation, and he runs over, and he helps Rand. He lifts up the back end of the litter, and he starts comforting him. Don't worry, lad. Everything is just fine. I've seen your wisdom at work, and she has a deft touch and sure skill. And you gotta believe Tom, because he's probably seen more gays as doctors, and if he's impressed by, um, Nynaeve, that's telling you something, isn't it? So, yeah, he's like, uh, then he, like, tosses out that, yes, a few people died. Uh, not many, but a few. But a few is more than he wanted to, to deal with coming down here to perform on Winter Night and Belltide. Uh, he also brings up that Padon Fane, Old Fane, disappeared. And he's worried about that? I wouldn't be worried about that. But he's like, Trollocs will eat anything, so I hope Fane's okay, even though he obviously doesn't like Fane. He, he doesn't want someone, even if he doesn't like, to end up in a Trolloc cookpot, which makes sense. Yeah, and he's like, at least your father's here, and to be healed by the wisdom. And, of course, Rand hasn't told him that Nynaeve already couldn't do anything. And Tom just saying the word, your father, sends Rand into this little fit. He is my father. He is. I swear. I, it was just the fever talking. It was just the fever. And once he's better, we'll clear all this up and everything will be perfect again. <sighs> Rand needs to get over it. <laughs> I'm being a little too quick about him getting over it. Uh, the simple fact is, I... I, I I'm not an orphan. I, I, I don't know what it would feel like to learn that the man who raised you wasn't your parent. But at the same time, wouldn't it be comforting to know that this person who raised you didn't do it out of obligation, but did it out of pure love? He's like, I found this kid. I fought in the Aiel War. And now my son's an Aiel man, and I don't care. I'm proud as hell of my boy. You know? So I mean, he just needs to he just needs to get over it. He needs to get over it. So they're about to get up to the Wine Spring Inn, and Rand sees that someone scrawled the Dragon's Fang on the door, and he's just like, "What? I, who would want to like call Bran evil or give the Inn bad luck? Because apparently that's what the Dragon's Fang means in the Two Rivers. You're calling someone evil, or you're trying to give the place bad luck." <laughs> oh, I hope t Matt never uh, drew the dragon's fang on something for to give them bad luck. I really doubt it, but I don't know. Matt sometimes goes too far, and he's not as, I don't know, put together as he is later in the series. So, um, 
Where am I now? Ran heads inside, and Master Alvir is being very busy, and he's kind of very short. He's like, you know, wh wh what do you need? I am super busy. I do not have time. There's a million and a half things I gotta do. And Ran's just like, Mr. Alvir, my father. And just, Bran just hops up. He's like, Rand, my young lad. Tam. And, you know, he... Big man runs over. He's like, oh, the light saved us. I am so happy you're okay. Bella came in like an hour after the Trollocs disappeared, panting and bellowing, and we feared the worst. No wonder Egwene was so shocked and happy when she saw Rand, you know? She probably knew that Bella had run in and was probably worried sick. Um, yeah, so Bran, without hesitation, he kind of shoulders Tom aside. <laughs> I kind of love the idea that Tom's being really cool, just a stranger here in the two rivers, helping out where he can. And I just imagine Bran just shouldering him aside to get this, and he's like, all right, lad, let's get him upstairs. Let's get him into a bed where he'll be good. You, Gleeman, go get the wisdom. And if she doesn't come soon, I'll know why. And I'm like, oh, poor Tom. Oh, Nynaeve is not going to take this well. <laughs> Yeah, Bran's incredibly relieved that they're here, and he helps Rand get him upstairs, and Rand admits to him, he's like, Nynaeve already saw Dad, and he, she said she can't help, and I don't know what to do, and I thought you would know what to do because you're the mayor, and, and Bran seems a lot less confident now. Uh, he's a little bit more worried, he's taking a harder look at Tam, and he's just like, oh no, if Nynaeve says she can't do anything, oh crap. Um, so they settle Tam in an upstairs bedroom, and Rand makes a fire to warm up the room, and once the fire has started kind of really heating up the room, once it's gotten going, that's when Tom reappears, and he's not happy. He's not happy at all. He glares at Rand, and he's like, you didn't tell me she'd seen him already. She nearly took my head off. <laughs> she probably totally did. You know, she might have been a little bit nicer to Tom if she'd known that just a few minutes before he was talking about how incredibly skilled she was, but no. So yeah, now Bran's even more uncertain, and he's like, oh, oh no. Oh, this is gonna be bad. You know, he, 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 at this point, he probably expects Tam to pass, and he's really worried about it. And this is when Tom speaks up, because Tom has a solution but he can't bring it up himself, as you know. So he starts in a roundabout way, as the Deus de Mar player he is, you know, bringing up something similar to get them on the point they need to get to. He's like, I was wondering who scrawled the dragon's fang on the mayor's door. They don't seem to like him anymore, or at least not some of his guests. And Red's kind of disgusted by this. He's like, what, you little son of a... And, and you, know, you, you know, but Tom has a point. He's taking the sidelines because he can't bring it up in person. And, uh, yeah, Rand's just, he's my father, he's my father, he's my father. <laughs> it's just, he needs to, he needs to stop. He needs to stop. Uh, and the mayor guesses it was either a conger or a coplin that did this. Oh, God, what happened? I, I just lost my point in the notes. Oh, no. Oh, no, I was trying to highlight something so I could read it easier, and then I accidentally highlighted, like, half the page, and then it scrolled up. Oh, God, where am I? 
wash your hands again. He's my father. That's 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 several times in my notes, so that doesn't help me out. He's my father. Okay, there we go. Mayor guesses it was Conger or Coplins. If there's something bad to say about someone, they'll say it. And they'll say it even if there isn't something bad to say about somebody. The Congers and the Coplins are just the worst. They're, they're, they're like the most hated people in the two rivers other than tar and fairy folk. I, I mean, their names are used in insults, you know? Rand's like, I'm a Coplin fool. I just, I just, I love him. And apparently a wagon load of them showed up in town today, just after dawn, and didn't see a hide or a hair of a trollic last night. And they can see that half the town is in ashes, and all they want to know about is when festival is starting. The Congers and Copland suck, dude. These guys suck. And not only that, one of them, uh, Darl Coplin, I believe I wrote down, spent like half the night, or, or, or like he was apparently one of the Coplins in town, because they sped half the night, trying to get Bran to force Lady Moraine and Lady La uh, no, Lady Moraine and Lady Lan, oh, Lan would kick my ass, M Lady Moraine and Master Lan out of the village, as if there'd be any village left standing without them, you know, the mayor says. And this gets Rand's attention, because at this point, he just, after being disgusted by Tom's comment about the Dragon's Fang, he'd been kind of like just letting all this conversation float over his head, you know, in his despair and exhaustion and uncertainty of what to do. But this does get his attention. And Rand's like, what, Lady Moraine, Master Lan, what are you talking about? And Moraine, and Bran's just like, Lady Moraine called ball lightning out of the clear sky. And he, and he killed the Trollocs, and Master Lan was like a whirlwind with that sword of his. That sword of his. The man himself is a weapon, and appearing in at least ten places at once. <laughs> or so it seemed. I love how everybody knows how amazing Lan is. Lan is just the coolest. <laughs> uh, so he goes on about how winter night was just starting. Everyone was drinking and exchanging gifts and having a great old time when the dogs started snarling and the two of them just burst out of the inn yelling about Trollocs and everybody thought they just had one glass of wine too many. <laughs> that's, 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 that's great. Uh, actually, now that I've heard that, heard that I want to, I want to see a drunk Moraine. We've seen drunk Elaine. Can we see a drunk aunt? Come on, you know. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Moraine is Elaine's aunt biologically. You guys know that, right? Um, I've always loved that th that comment because it's never really specifically stated in the books. But Moraine is the youngest half sister of Elaine's father. I don't even know why I'm bringing up that now, other than I felt like it. Um, they had too much wine. It was very funny. Um. And that's when the Trollocs just, like, appeared among the houses and started slashing and burning. And I love how Bran is actually pissed and embarrassed that they all ran until, and I quote, Master Land put some backbone into them. And Tom's just like, what are you... What are you talking about? Not all those Trollocs were killed by Moraine and Land. We already know the blacksmith's wife cracked one's head open. <laughs> I'm just saying... The blood of Manetherin still runs strong on these people because how many uh, individuals do we see in the series that see Trollocs and are like, well, I should have done better besides Borderlanders. They're used to it. But these are Emmons Fielders, man. 
They don't, they, they thought these were stories yesterday. Now they're just like, man, I should have killed more of them. I love the Two Rivers folk. Tyshar Manetherin all the way. Oh, man. Yeah, Tom's just like, you guys, you guys did fine. And, you know, I, I bet this isn't the first Trollocs Tom has seen. It would not surprise me at all if Tom's been uh, telling some stories in the Borderland one way or another. Isn't this like 20 years after he's been ousted from Camelin? I mean, he's been all over, right? So when he says, you guys did good, this is ridiculous, he meant it. I'm sure tr t uh, Tom knew what Trollocs were. I mean, at least knew that they were real. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so they bring up... Uh, an Aes Sedai in Emmons Field in Master Lana Warder. It has been confirmed and revealed in the series. And as we know, most of the talk about, you know, Warders and Aes Sedai are that, you know, they're bad. I mean, at least Aes Sedai. Warders are actually talked about more like warriors that fight in the blight. It seems like, you know, like that Warders can be good or bad, but Aes Sedai are might, like all evil in these stories. So, yeah, Rand's just like, w Lady Moraine? She isn't. I mean, I talked to her, and she wasn't. Uh, and Rand's just laughing. He's like, what do you think? They all wear signs? I said I painted across their backs? And maybe danger? Stay away? No. Uh, <laughs> and that's when he thinks of it. I said die. There's a chance, lad. I said I can heal. They can cure when medicines fail. You've heard the stories. And he's like, Gleeman, why didn't you bring this up? And you know what? I just realized I'm going through the whole quote, but this was the quote I used in the, the quote or the clip or whatever I'm going to call it that I used in the beginning of this chapter. But whatever, it's still a very fun moment. You know, they're like, Tom, why didn't you say anything? And he's like, well, first of all, I don't like Aes Sedai. Second of all, Coplins aren't the only ones that hate Aes Sedai here. Third of all, there are places in this world where if you go, Aes Sedai can heal that, you'll be dead. <laughs> That's not what he says, but we know that. Like, uh, really, like, Bran's like, why didn't you say anything, Gleeman? But think about it. There's places all over where if you're like, well, yeah, you know, take him to an Aes Sedai, he'll get better. Jail time, you know? White clothes hear this, you're dead. You know, this isn't something you can just spit out and just let people know. That's why he had to go the roundabout way. Why is the Dragon's Fang here? Well, they put him here because they wanted Moraine and Lan out. Why do they want Moraine and Lan out? Because they're Aes Sedai and Warder. Oh, that's right. Aes Sedai can heal. Tom is just the best. He's a stranger. He can't bring this stuff up. It had to come from someone Rand trusted. Because, you know, even Bran's like, I'm not sure I would ask her for help. I'm not sure. He says this, but if Egwene was hurt, or Marin was hurt, or, I don't know, any of his other unnamed daughters, do we ever get names for Egwene's sisters? I don't think so. Uh, he'd probably go to Moraine, because he said himself he's never seen anything but kindness from Moraine. Uh, he's seen nothing but kindness and good from Moraine. And Rand's just like, well, in the stories, help from an Aes Sedai was sometimes worse than no help at all. Uh, like poison in a pie. And their gifts always have hooks in them, like fish bait. 
Suddenly, the coin in his pocket seemed hot, and he wanted to throw it away. So he's like, ah, shit, this coin probably means something more. And he wants to throw it away, but he doesn't. I don't know what Moraine did. I don't think she doesn't know any kind of compulsion at all. I'm sure of it. And even if she did, I do not think she would ever use it. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I love how they're already talking about how, you know... Just because you ask an Aes Sedai for a favor and they say we'll do it something doesn't mean that they're going to do everything you think they are. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Bran said he's seen nothing but good from Moraine Sedai, but it's up to you. Sometimes you just have to take a chance. And Rand's just like, I don't, I don't really have any other options. I mean, uh. and, and this is when Tom starts talking. And he, and he says some of the stories are exaggerated in a way. Tom added as if the words were being dragged out of him. Probably another Taviran coincidence. There's no way in hell Tom really wants to talk about Aes Sedai. You know, he, he cannot stand them. However, you know, maybe Rand's just pulling this out of him. So he's, yeah, there, some of them are exaggerations. Some, you know, you gotta admit, most of Tom's stories have to be bashing Aes Sedai since he doesn't like them you know and he's like besides a boy what choice do you got and Rand's just like I don't have a choice none at all so Tom tells Rand that uh Moraine is on the other side of the bridges where they're disposing of the Trollocs basically the uh Beltine bonfires uh, Beltine, I can't, uh, spoken to Trollocs, and he runs off, having, Tam having to shout with him, be careful, boy, I said I do what they do for their own reasons, and they're not always the reasons you might think. So, yeah, Rand is running off to Moraine for help. No other choices, no other options. So by the time Rand arrives on the other side of the bridge where the Beltine fires are, he starts gagging because the smell of the burning Trollocs is so bad. And you kind of see the workers, uh, the village kind of people that are maintaining the fires and burning the Trollocs. They're, uh, <laughs> they have towels or rags wrapped around their faces that have been dipped in vinegar to kind of keep out the smell. But it's not even taking all the smell out, and even though, even if it did, they can kind of see everything, and it's kind of gross. Um, would you really want a vinegar rag tied around your face? Is that smell that bad? I just, vinegar is strong. I don't really like the smell of vinegar. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. I would have to know what dead trollic burning smells like. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is when, you know, he runs up. And you see Moraine sitting uh, cross-legged on the ground with her awesome staff, you know, propped on her on her knees. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we don't see more of this staff. It was kind of her focuser in the beginning. Um, but she really doesn't use it after book one, you know, probably because this is around the time Robert Jordan was uh, putting together how all this worked. So by the later periods, you know, Moraine didn't need the staff, you know. Um I don't know. I like the staff. It was beautiful. It was awesome. And she blocks swords with it and shit. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, so she's sitting cross-legged, kind of tired, and Lan is examining the Trolloc bodies as they're being disposed of. And as Rand walks up, he's removing a badge in the shape of a blood-red trident, and he's like, Cobal, that's seven bands so far. You know, it's seven 
bands. That many haven't worked together since the Trolloc Wars. Because, as you guys know, uh, Trollocs like to kill each other as much as everything else. Mostly uh, Trollocs in different bands. So the only reason they weren't doing that is because of the merge all and... Oh, but we don't know about that yet. I hope you guys could hear my whisper of balls, Mom. <laughs> uh, Rand is nervous about approaching her. And I love this. He thought there should be some physical sign of what she was. I don't know. Maybe like, I don't know, an ageless face or the, the, the serpent biting its own tail ring she never took off when she entered the two room. And I don't know. Like some sort of physical sign. <laughs> they don't recognize ageless faces yet. But still, like... It's become such a thing in the stories that you're just like, what do you mean no physical markers? She's got her face and her ring. What are you talking about? But Rand's just like, you know, maybe it's good there's no physical markers because if the stories are true, she'd look more like a Trolloc than a beautiful woman whose dignity didn't drop from sitting in the dirt in a rumpled dress and a bit of suit across her nose. Damn, is it me or just... Moraine sounds really cute right now. I don't know. Her hair kind of a mess sitting there with her staff across her knees, sooty, soot on her nose. I don't know. I, I just, Moraine sounds super cute right now. I don't know. So, yeah, he, he, he moves in and she sees him and her eyes kind of sharpen. And she's like, oh, good. A little bit more light in the darkness. How are your dreams, Randall Thor? If you have bad dreams, you should tell me. I can help sometimes. Like... Why is she suddenly bringing up dreams? Like, that's a huge point in the story. But the only reason I could think she's bringing this up is because it's a huge point in the story. What? I don't... But, like, did, did Moraine have talent for being a dreamer? Like, you'd almost think so, the way this first book plays out. But if she did, don't you think uh, Amis or Melaine or Bear would have taught her? I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's an Aes Sedai and a Kyrianan. Maybe they wouldn't have. I mean, her last name is Damadred, and it was, you know, Layman Damadred who cut down Avenda Aldera. Maybe they wouldn't, I mean, you know, but... It wouldn't surprise me if she had a bit of talent there. I don't know. She probably would have done better than most the, um, the little tower with the dream tear on Rial. I. It would have been cool to see Moraine and tell Run Riad, wouldn't it? Like, she probably would have kicked ass there. We know Suwan does good, and I just imagine Moraine. I, I always imagine Moraine having more imagination than Swan. So, I don't know. I'm going off topic again. So, yeah. Rand's like, whatever the cost, if she can help Tam. Uh, Mistress Moraine, Mistress Moraine, I, I, I mean, Moraine Sedai, could you, could, could, could you give me a help? My dad's hurt. He has a terrible fever. Nynaeve won't help him. But the stories say, and then her eyes kind of like sharpen. He's like, like, the stories, is there any stories where an Aes Sedai isn't a villain? I mean, they don't really get a lot of good Aes Sedai stories in the Two Rivers. They just don't. It's a wonder she's, you know, hasn't been run out of town yet. Oh, goodness. Probably because she saved so many people. You know, and Rand's just like, whatever the cost, I'll do anything. Anything if you can heal her. If you can heal him. Uh, and this is where Lan gets this, like, first truly badass line of the series. He's like, death comes for sooner or later for us all. No, I need to repeat. <laughs> Death comes sooner or later for everyone, unless you serve the Dark One. And only fools pay that price. I don't know. Tan Lan is the coolest, one of the coolest characters in the entire series, no doubt. 
I love kind of like Moraine kind of clucks at him with her tongue, you know, just like, come on, don't be so gloomy, Lan. She's like, I'll help Rand. Few will let me. They've heard the stories, too. <laughs> anyway, she's like, we'll talk about price later, if at all. So basically, yeah, yeah, I'll heal your dad. And then we'll talk about how you're going to leave the village. <laughs> so Rand's super excited. He's trying to lead Moraine back to uh, his father. But Moraine is tired. She was fighting Trollocs and Murdral last night. She is... She needs some rest, you know? So she's moving at a little bit of a slower ba slower pace, and Rand's trying to get her to hurry, and Land kind of tells him off. He's like, you know, showing his productive protectiveness. She's like, he's tired, sheep herder. Can't you tell? First sheep herder, people. First sheep herder. He's like, she's tired. Even with an ungriol, what she did last night was like running a mile with rocks on her back. And first mention of an Angriol. We don't even know what that is, but it's kind of leading into the next chapter, you know? Yeah, because she's going to use that Angriol the next chapter when she heals Tam. So, yeah, Moraine calls, call, uh, calms down Land. She's like, calm down, my friend. You think only of caring for me. Why should he not feel the same for his father? See, Moraine's the best. Just the best. You know, so, you know, like, seeing her calm him down and, like, maybe those words kind of calm down Rand a bit. And he slows down and matches his pace with them and tries desperately not to think about the price they will discuss later. So, yeah, that's the end of Chapter 7, Out of the Woods. Uh, this was probably my longest podcast so far. And, uh, yeah, great chapter. Just, I really want Tam to get better. Let's, let's do that. So that's going to be the next chapter, A Place of Safety, I believe. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of stuff in the next chapter. We're going to have the first use of the power officially not talked about. We're going to have uh, probably Rand's dream. I think so, unless that's in the next chapter after that. I don't know. Um, I don't want to ramble on too much anymore. So, yeah, that was it for Chapter 7, Out of the Woods. And with that, we are done with Episode 8 of the Return to the Wheel of Time podcast. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am making it. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun. This is this is kind of a fulfilling thing. Um, I get to look at the chapters in a way I never have before. You know, lately I don't really kind of go into depth kind of thinking about or discussing them or anything like that. It's just kind of a never-ending background, you know? So it's really cool to look at these a little bit closer. So um, also, if there are any constructive criticism or suggestions you guys have for me improving this podcast series please put them down in the comments below or email me at gleemanradio at gmail.com i would love to continue to improve this podcast so that many more people can enjoy it uh, you know these things aren't super visual you know i think the only things to really see on the videos of this podcast are you know the memes or pictures i put up because they're they're fun i even made a couple of them myself at least these most recent ones uh you know that meme at the beginning don't worry scratch the cat is here to save you uh, i don't know if any of you remember scratch is the name of the cat that lives in the wine spring inn <laughs> you know these are these are just a lot of fun to do uh if again any improvements any criticism any comments Put it down in the comment section or email me. Also, I'm thinking about starting a 
new kind of segment series on this channel called La Wheel of Time 101, where I discuss just different topics of the Wheel of Time. I might, you know, everything you need to know about Aes Sedai, Angrial, Sangrial, Terangrial, the One Power, uh, the Stone Doorways, the uh, the Aelfin and the Eelfin, the Forsaken, you get the point. If you want to kind of give me suggestions of what you would like to hear me talk about with that series, uh, let me know in the comments or again, email me. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day, wherever you're all at. Peace out. Take care. Bye now.